Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If I learned one thing in the last year, it's that falling into debt can happen to anyone. Luckily, I heard about the ISI, the Insolvency Service of Ireland. Their professional advisors can help you restructure or even write off your debt. The first thing they said to me was, every debt problem has a solution. I can still feel the relief. So if you're worried, visit their website backontrack.ie or free text get help to 50015. The ISI, together, will get you back on track. It's the bloodandmud.com podcast, your sweary pipe bum of... Pipe bum. Pipe bum. That's a completely different thing. That's a very different thing. Yeah, it is. Your sweary <laughs> pipe bum of rugby knowledge. Uh, very much, to be honest, the Lenny Woodard's pipe of rugby podcasts, if, if you will. <laughs> Those who listened Not- last week will know what that's about, or the week before, I forget now. Um, I think we're giving ourselves too much credit there. Uh, yeah. I am, I said to no one there, and no one heard at all, not even the chair. What song's that? I can't even remember. Uh, I'll come back to that later on. Yes. Uh, I'm Lee Calvert, the editor of bloodandmud.com, and he mm. is... I'm Josh Gardner of rugbyshitwatch.com. That's right. Welcome to this podcast, episode 23. Thank you very much to all of you who've left reviews. You can get in touch with us at, at Blood and Mud, and we can get in touch with Josh at... Uh, at Josh Gardner or at rugbyshitwatch. Lovely. Thanks for your reviews. Somebody actually this week said that we were like a discount version of the Ed Chasers podcast. <laughs> Those who don't know what well, the Ed Chasers I mean, podcast is, and you must know what it is, because it's the it's kind of the biggest independent rugby podcast out there. Hello, boys, if you do listen, I doubt you do. But we describe as the the we are the Aldi to their waitros, apparently. I'll take that. I said, yeah, I'm quite happy with that. Somebody yeah, said, well, yeah. you don't bump in, you're not going to bump into Haskell in Aldi, are you? No, exactly, and uh, cracking cinnamon buns in Aldi, Aldi, let's be honest. But thanks to all of you who have left uh, reviews on uh, Mm. iTunes. If you are on iTunes or anything like that and listening to us, if you could just take a few seconds to rate us and and leave a review, that would be really good. We did get another review on iTunes this week from Lopsy Chops 2, who said that we are unconventionally informative and that they are sufficiently (laughs) stocked up on all things rugby and tits laughed off to the maximum. Well, I'll definitely take that. I'll take that. that. You won't get that in Waitrose, will you? No, definitely not. 
yeah, so thanks for leaving reviews. Uh, you can get to us at Blood and Mud. This week, we're going to have a look at uh, quite a few things in the weekend's rugby and, and the last week and finish with something from uh, Trackless on the Loop, as we always do. Shall we crack mm-hmm. on, uh, Josh? Let's. Right then. Uh, this week, Martin Castro Giovanni was caught. <laughs> this this might be the my favourite thing. If, if definitely of the season, if not maybe a little bit ever. It's just yeah. Yes. It's so yeah. It's wonderful, isn't it? You all you all know he he's requested a leave of absence from the championship Champions Cup semi final uh, with Racing last weekend to go home to attend the family thing in Argentina and the family thing was going and partying with Zlatan Ibrahimovic in Las Vegas going and partying in Vegas was good enough in itself yes in ter- in but, terms with Zlatan. Of, but with Zlatan Ibrahimovic who actually probably <laughs> you could argue with Castro he probably gives not much of a shit these days because he's towards the end of his career what I like Literally, about Zlatan no is, is he's never given a shit throughout the entirety of his career such as his level of no life. exactly There's there, Castro I mean clearly when he called Richard Cockerell a C-bomb in a, a press conference a couple of years ago Castro has stopped giving a fuck quite a lot recently but um, yeah Zlatan is, is Olympic level in that regard um, looking at um, thinking about that made me think and I asked this on Twitter as well if you could lie to your employer to sneak off to Las Vegas with a rugby player who would mm. you who would you most like to go with um, what we got off Twitter was quite a few things uh, Tom Repka said I'd like to travel there with Johnny Wilkinson but he's Brain is risk going through passport control, and I'd have to go on my own. <laughs> um, See, well, I mean, practically speaking, I think you'd probably want to take Dan Carter, wouldn't you? Because like, he's the highest-paid rugby player in the world. So he could be a slush fund. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he can pick up the tab. On the flip side, of course, though, it also seems like he is the most boring man in rugby this side of yeah, Johnny Wilkinson. Love me, so lo- are. lovely, lovely man. Don't get us wrong. Lovely. But the idea of it, his idea of a mad night out in Vegas is probably going to watch Celine Dion on a salad, a couple of soda waters, and then in bed by ten. Yeah. So, Ilsa on Twitter said, "I'd like to take Tim Visser, clever, funny, charming, and incredibly beautiful, with a bit of Dutch crazy thrown in. We'd have a great time." I, th- I think someone's got. I think a, she, quite a crush on Tim. I think Visser she might there. have been typing that one-handed. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, yeah. So I thought actually, I thought I thought I'd like to take Dean Richards. Because he'd have, he does know how to have a good well, time. Well, no, he? he'd he'd know ex- he'd have a magnificently elaborate plan to cheat the house, wouldn't he? <laughs> he absolutely he'd have some very works. long-winded plan that he'd then deny to basically completely diddle the house. And Kaminsky on Twitter related to that also said Joe Marler could count cards and then when they caught him, claim it was in the heat of the moment. He could definitely <laughs> do that. I mean, I've, the problem with going with Dean Richards is that he's just going to be far too occupied going to like you know David Copperfield and all of these exciting <laughs> magic shows because he's just looking for tips, I mean, isn't he? So, did you win that via a kind of cheating? No. Did you say so you count? No, conscious, definitely not. Is clear no. on that one. Absolutely. No. <laughs> a lot of uh, love for Mike Phillips on Twitter. See, you say that, but like, you want somebody who's a good laugh but isn't so mad that it's going to end up in some sort of the hangover style situation. And that pretty much rules out most of the current generation of rugby players because they're either like boring monastic uber pros or they're just utter liabilities at the drop of a pint. Also, so, if you were a, if you were a mean, single man and you went with Mike, he'd be spending all of his time cracking onto the, to the ladies, wouldn't he? Oh, you wouldn't get it. You, would you wouldn't get, get a look in. You wouldn't get much company second. off him because he'd just be with the ladies no. all night. He'd also think you'd end up in maybe you ended up in a strip bar. It'd be like that scene from Armageddon when all, when all the women are crowded <laughs> round. Have you seen that film? Where all the women are crowded round? Yes, yes. Um, 
Steve Buscemi he's throwing all of his money and that bloke comes over and says oh you're hogging all the action you know and he says go and buy yourself yes. a neck and throw some money at him I can just imagine that's exactly <laughs> what would happen or something like it that with is, is going to be spikies yeah I mean I, I thought about it and the only person that I really want to run away to Vegas with is probably Sebastian Cheval alright tell tell me that wouldn't be a great night would he be dressed in his fairy I mean, outfit <laughs> exactly he could bring the tutu and that would add a bit of local colour and just, I mean, you're not going to get hassled by any bouncers in casinos, are you? Not really. No. But and also, I thought maybe you should. T- it depends which way you want. Do you want to go with somebody who's going to go mental, or do you want to go somebody? <laughs> that is the question. Do you want to go with somebody who's going to keep you from going too mental? I thought you could maybe take mm. Jason Robinson because he'll be stone cold sober and would probably make sure nobody's yes. anything too silly. Yes, he would be the the calming voice. Sam Warburton would equally be good at that. He role. would. He'd have a. a a bar of fruit oh, yeah. and nut at is the ready. Is it fruit nut or dairy milk he likes? I always forget. Uh, I, I, I don't. I think all of the Cadbury's chocolates he's, he's down Sean with. Bark on Twitter said that he'd go with Mike Phillips, but he'd take Joel Calzaghi as well as a kind of emergency shutdown mechanism for Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I said, it all just went a bit wrong. Joel would come in. <laughs> yeah, or just as, as just a buffer zone to everyone that Mike is going to annoy throughout that weekend, which will be everyone in Las Vegas. I did like this one. Alvaro said, anyone but you and Murray. <laughs> <laughs> it's just something what the attitude you and Murray might be like. Yes. Feet. I mean, well, you, you wouldn't want to go on a Sunday with you. You definitely wouldn't go. Well, he I couldn't mean, go Sunday. No. He'd have to stay in bed all day, wouldn't no, he? Something? He would. He um, would. Fiona K. Hunter said, Can I take Vern Cotter? Which I thought, well, that is an absolutely magnificent idea. Can you imagine Vern Cotter around the pool in the Las Vegas Casino <laughs> Hotel? Yeah. In his budgies. I mean, just. <laughs> Just hairless from head to toe. <laughs> yeah, a shining bronze like Duncan, Adonis. Like Duncan Goodhue, but angrier. <laughs> like a grumpy Duncan Goodhue, yeah. Um, <laughs> Gareth Jones said he'd go with uh, with Gora Maru because there'd be nothing cooler mm. than hitting Vegas with a Master of Ninjas. And I forgot about that. He's been awarded this Master <laughs> of Min- Ninjas title, hasn't he? Yes, he has, isn't he? It's amazing we haven't talked about that, but. <laughs> That's yes. the dream, isn't what it? What a brilliant you know, thing. You, can, you know, you that can mean... buy those like lordships online. Yes. Imagine you could buy like uh, Gibral Cisse yeah, did. Yeah. Imagine you could buy the Master of Ninjas. That'd be absolutely glorious. Oh God, I'd buy that in a heartbeat. <laughs> in fact, I'm going to go find Especially out. Especially if you got some actual ninjas. Let me finish recording this. How I can yeah. achieve that. If I'm not on next week, it's because I've gone off to become Master of Ninjas. <laughs> so there you go. So that's who we thought about. Maybe you could go to Vegas with. I said Dean Richards. Who was yours again? Uh, I think Cheval said. said. Oh, said. Was it? Oh, yeah, Cheval. Yes, of course. It was. Yeah. So let us know out there at Blood and Mud if you uh, want to let us know who hmm. you went, who would like to go go to Vegas with. Try not to get too sexually overexcited like Ilsa did, but uh... yeah. Don't do right that. then. So let's have a review of the weekend, Josh, and see what went yeah. on there. It's. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. This was a really fucking weird weekend yes. of rugby. There was just like I know it's the end of the season and that usually throws up some peculiar results, but like this weekend was weird just not for the results but the manner of mm. them. Like in the pro in the starters in the Pro Twelve, Connacht lost to Treviso. Yeah, like, what was that, that all about? They they were and the emphasis on past tense here at the top of the table and they lost to they went to Italy and lost like I mean fair play at least once a season a high flying team will make the mistake of sending a second string to Italy and come a cropper but seriously there's two weeks left in the season you're in the scrap for the top spot and you're sending an understrength team out to Italy that's if you, just, fo- you focus well, you, Pat Lamb's had a minute. if you focus your attention on the other side of the, that equation though it does mean Treviso have gone a, above Zebra in the table so mm-hmm. at least there's some 
semblance of order in the universe. It does. I mean, zebra are very much where they belong. Yes, and we'll, rooted we, at the we'll come on to that table. later on when we, we, we discuss mm, the, we the ongoing thing with them. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was very, very, very strange. Um, yeah, I mean... There was like Len- Leinster also in the Pro 12 had a chance to go yeah, top and ended up getting hammered by hammered by Ulster, um, um, and then the weirdest result of the weekend was Cardiff's complete and utter implosion against the Ospreys. Yeah, I actually they were in the they were in the lead with 15 minutes to go and somehow contrived to lose 40 27. Yes, he did. Yeah, I, was, I caught like the last 20 minutes like of that, that game thinking, oh, this looks tight. Oh, Cardiff have probably got it now. Oh, I was. I was at a wedding on on Saturday. Um, bad form, Andy Brown was scheduling your. Were you watching it on your phone in a really ignorant manner? Uh, I was. I was following <laughs> it on the Ultimate Rugby app on my phone. Um, and my mate, who's a lifelong Blues fan, was following it with me, and we were sort of checking every sort of five or ten minutes. And like it was very nip tuck. And I sort of when the Blues took the lead and went twenty seven whatever up with fifty minutes to go, I was like, okay, that's probably it. And then sort of forgot about it. And then half an hour later, like checked it and. I genuinely assumed that something had gone wrong with my phone, or that I'd had a stroke, or something, or someone had spiked my drink. Because <laughs> it was just like, how, how has, how has that happened? And <laughs> watching the replay of the game when I got home, it was well, it was like Cardiff stopped moving. Sure. Yeah, they just they they have they play kind of quite super rugby-ish at the moment with their three sevens, and they're very exciting and very good to watch, but. They also play Super Rugby in the sense that they don't seem to know how to, defend. to defend their line off a scrum in the last ten minutes. Basically. No, not even a tiny bit. Like that Reese Webb try was just yeah, <laughs> like both of them. I mean, they could honest, have been blinded but... by his shininess. The light could have bounced off him. I mean, yes, he is a, a, a Tika Donis, <laughs> but yeah, it was just such an odd turnaround, and then. And, but it, it all shakes out that somehow, by some baffling cosmic miracle, Glasgow are top of the table going into the final weekend that's again. Look, that, that's looked like, grinding. How is that? grindingly inevitable for a few weeks, though. I know. It's just every time you think, oh yeah, well, Glasgow are, are, are coming up, looking strong, but they're not going to be able to close the gap. And then just everybody else shits themselves, and they just keep winning. And they've had a very favourable fixture schedule don't get me wrong but nobody but predicted Connacht to lose to Treviso did they that was the thing that was always well no exactly and so yeah that game Glasgow got to go to Connacht next week and that is an absolutely massive one now like yeah winner pretty much takes top of the yeah, table yeah because I was, I was saying last week that oh well it's all kind of going towards a relatively dreary end but actually yeah you made the point that that yeah. Glasgow Connacht game now is absolutely enormous isn't it yeah, I mean that. Uh, inarguably, the whole Pro Twelve final weekend looks absolutely riveting. Like, I mean, you've got the Ospreys are somehow now in within a shot of getting into the top six in the Champions Cup, having everybody written them off about a month ago. Um, Scarlets are still within a shout of getting the top four, and yeah, I think it's in the very odd position that basically the Scarlets need the Ospreys to beat Ulster quite convincingly, and Ospreys need the Scarlets to beat Munster quite convincingly. So uh, there will be a very weird. You'd, thing fa- in West you'd, you'd fancy the beating monster side of that to be the easier side of that task, wouldn't you? But but you never well, know. Ospreys are at home to us. Ospreys are at home to Ulster, so maybe and Scarlets are away to Munster, so it could well shake out that they both lose and it all goes tits up. <laughs> but I mean, it's it's all very exciting, and that is without even we'll come on to it later. That's without oh well yes yes decider, yeah. which I mean is obviously the biggest game of the weekend. Full stop. Either, but I mean. The Prem, yeah, was was mildly less odd, I think, but still Next weird. Next to the Wasps was odd. It was just, 
Just yeah, where like wasps apparently sent out a platoon of circus clowns in white and yellow jerseys. Uh, yeah, uh, and and it's weird because Saracens didn't look. I mean, they still won, but obviously, no, they, but they, they did. They, they didn't well, look they, the best at all. Fifty-five minutes until they were behind for like the first like two thirds of the game, and it's like to Newcastle. What's I'm wondering how much tiredness is is coming into this. It's been it's been a World Cup. Yeah, they're they're in every competition, you. aren't they? Wasps and wasps are <laughs> in every competition yeah. right up to the last knockings, really. And I think tiredness is is starting to to play its part. But yeah. even so, I mean, but even Saracens look tired, and they basically plug their players into a Matrix-style battery system, don't they, in between games to, <laughs> to power the mainframe? That is, so. that is what I assumed, yeah. But I guess there's only so far. I mean, obviously, Mario Toji was still head and shoulders above everybody else. Of course, he was boring. Um, but <laughs> that's just an asterisk <laughs> t- caveat on everything. Now, I know. I'm going to stop talking about it now because it's just tedious. But yeah. But other than that, yeah, like they're looking <laughs> genuinely tediously fatigued. brilliant bastard. <laughs> I know it's that is in many ways the highest compliment you can have of some. It's the same way that like people used to rag on Johnny Wilkinson for just yes. being boringly brilliant. It's like yeah, that's because he's never ever bad, and it's the same. He's, either, he's either playing but, um, and good or injured. They're the only option. They're the only options <laughs> exactly. that are with him, basically. Yeah, and Atojo seems to be vaguely superhuman. Well, in that I, I wouldn't wish well, Johnny so. Wilkinson's injuries on him though. Let's just stress that one. Fuck no. Um, yeah, so that was straight. Bath versus Saints uh, was. Well, that was well, just what. Well, it was oh. fucking awful. I thought, apart from a couple yeah. of flashes, but it was it was a bit like trying to pass a broken glass stool through a bad case of piles. Basically, <laughs> I think it was, and really that game was a and perfect. Yet, and the best still should have won. Was, and actually, as it, that game was a perfect summation of their season, both of them, was, both of their it? seasons. Really, how the hell yeah. did Bath manage to lose? But they've done that all season. Look good for periods for fucking it up. And Saints were just a sort of like mediocre collection of sort of half run things and knock-ons and poor passing and bad decisions that somehow managed yeah. to really grind something through with George North looking crap again yeah well that's the th- I mean it's slightly depressing that he's signed up for another two years with they Saints can't be this bad looks, again though you can but say he looks so like compared to him with Wales where he looks mm. fucking himself again in Saints, the system like I don't know whether it's the structure or the systems that they play, but he's just criminally underused. It's like you've got the best winger in the world, allegedly, sitting there on the fucking left hand touchline and you're doing fuck all with and him. It's, it's, and when you do pass to him, it's forward. And, it's, <laughs> and his, his, his his body language looks really bad. You can usually tell from a player's yeah. just hold physical demeanour on a pitch whether they're happy or not, can't mm. Burg- when you look back now, hindsight tells you that Burgess looks a bit like that. For large parts of last season, yeah. he looked a bit frustrated yeah. and fed up, really, because um, he couldn't get into the game as much as he would like to. I don't think, but um, you get the feeling that's that's what North looks like to be at Northampton. Yeah, and it's, it's almost like since because obviously Alex King went to England. Um, did he go to England in the end? No, or he did. Rumours he was going to England. England. Oh, okay, yeah, and and you wonder if that sort of whole thing has just upset things in in Saints and and things are a bit. I don't know. There's just something rotten. There's just there, something right about it. They've just a bit like Bath. They've just got to kind of write this season off and give up on it, really. And I think Absolutely. that probably happened from roundabout. The thing with Saints is they've been a little bit. Yeah, I agree. Actually, they, I think Saints have been a little bit more consistently, just kind of not particularly great, but a little bit better than average. They've been yeah, efficient. Whereas Bath have just been yeah. this kind of roller coaster of fucking awful oh, with flashes God, of looking decent because the, the tries they scored were pretty good. I mean that. That one try where yeah. Harry Mallander completely misjudged the arc of that ball. 
was, was yes. And again, yeah, that kind that of summed kind up of awesome. the way Saints are, didn't it? Really, that actually you can see yeah. the way it's moving, and then you just kind of trip over, and somebody comes and lands <laughs> on it. So it's kind of yeah, it wasn't it wasn't great, yeah. was it? I mean, as we head into no. mean, what's the table like now, DV the Premiership. I mean, Saris is a secured top now, haven't they? Definitely. Yeah, uh, Quins are up to to six, aren't they? They've overtaken Sale. Leicester are in fourth. And Saints are in fifth. That's the play. Yeah, that's is the playoffs it? now, isn't it? Really, with a week to go. Yeah. So and then, yeah, and so and 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 I mean, Sale. That's that's the other thing. Sale, who haven't lost at home in a year, like they shit it away at home to Gloucester. Yeah, who, Laidlaw played quite with, well. To be fair. Playing Laidlaw a ten though. <laughs> yeah. Like this is the stu- like, this is what I'm talking. It's just been a stupid weekend. In like, a way, you could. I think Laidlaw might be better suited to ten because of its crippling lack of pace. You could do this, this, this <laughs> kind of that, this, yeah. this, this sort of classic pivot role. You know, you could stand, but it was it was a very pace. It's a very paceless ten twelve axis with twelve trees stood there, isn't it? Mm. Looking slightly gormous oh, as usual. God. But uh, yeah, um, yeah. So it's about Worcester and Leicester. Beat Worcester. Worcester have clearly given up now. They're safe. Oh, and that's Worcester, it. Worcester could not give a shit. The only person who still gives a shit is Francois Huard, who just he's not been there long. No, exactly. So if it's all still new and fresh for him, whereas yeah, everybody yeah. else is kind of basically on the beach. Yeah, look, Frank, mate, stop trying so hard. This is all over. This yeah, rest of the squad. Just, You're making us look bad, done, mate. and yeah. it's a waste of everybody's fucking time, including yours. <laughs> so that was yeah. And then yeah, and I mean, of course, there was London Irish um, <sighs> in putting what was perhaps their best performance of the season, only to lose at home to Quinns and get rele- <laughs> their best performance of the season, and they still lost. I know. It's it's yeah. It was a very odd weekend, but a, a weekend that, from a Premiership point of view, had a bit of finality about it. It does. And from a Protel point of view, kind of cracked it all open again. It does which crack is, it all open again, which is I think it's good. I think it's good. Yeah. Uh, God knows the Protel needs a bit of excitement and a bit of interest. It so, does, doesn't yeah. it? I mean, a lot of people do criticise it quite a lot, don't they? But I don't think the rugby play is that bad. It's not. It's. It's, it's almost become this self-fulfilling thing, like because it was fairly poor for some for quite a mm. lot of time. Like there's just this perception that the Pro Twelve is some fucking Mickey Mouse league, and week to week it's not anymore. The standard is as good as the Premiership a lot of the time. Certainly, when you get down the table, I'd say that some of the bad games in the Pro Twelve are probably more watchable than bad games. I'd in agree the Prem, with that. But I'm not sure I agree with your first point because I think you have to come back to the European achievement issue, don't you? Well, there is that, yeah, and I mean, uh, I'm from, from a purely entertainment point of All view, right, I'm okay. talking not about in terms of actual luck, like, because there are obviously better players in the prem than there are, just due to sheer money. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a lot better than it used to be, but I think it is still trendy and just popular to say, right to write it just off. Just to be sniffy so, about yeah. it. Pretty much. Right yeah. then, let's have a look at the shit good ratings from the weekend, then, Josh. Um, and uh, yes. generally, what's been what's been going on? Do you want to do you want to kick us off? Hmm. Yes, well, uh, should we start with good? Why not? Because why not? It's, it's, it's bank holiday. <laughs> let's be happy about it. Um, <laughs> uh, my first good is Reese yes. Webb. Um, it, it is broadly depressing how much the Ospreys rely on him to score tries and to generally be brilliant. But um, you just got to think that like he had a very serious injury in September, and he's been back from injury. He's had six starts since he came back, and he scored four tries. 
and has generally looked hit the ground running and looks absolutely brilliant. And it, he's got more intelligence, decision making skills, and general speed of service than any other nine in Wales, arguably any other nine in the British Isles. I'd agree with that. I think, and also when and, he when he was when he was gone and Gareth Davis was doing okay, I think it was easy to yeah. forget or to assume that Gareth Davis was as good as him. When actually yes, he isn't. Really he really isn't. isn't. Not that he's a bad no. player, Gareth Davis. Not Gareth Davis. That. Just... No, Gareth Davis is an incredibly exciting player, and he's lightning quick, and he can do wonderful things with a rugby ball. Reese Webb just, is well, he's just that. A complete he's just that ten percent better, really. Ten twenty percent better. Yeah, and he, I, I don't like sort of going early on these things, but fuck it. Injury permitting, if Reese Webb isn't your Lions starting nine in New Zealand, oh, somebody would have lost their damn Lions mind. selection team, Clacton, <laughs> two years ahead of time. Was it two years? When is the tour now? Is it next year? It is, isn't it? It is, is it next year, is. yeah. Mm. Um, but anyway, enough of that. I'm shutting that down early. Mm. Uh, but he was yep, very no, good, and uh, obviously it was all part was of the, the Judgment Day 4, which, which on Twitter yes. the hashtag was JD1V, which I read as JDiv. <laughs> I kept, I got quite confused. It's like, what's J Div? And then I went, oh yeah, because J Div had a sounds oh. like some kind of teenagers' cartoon thing, J Div Squad or something. Yes. Or or a thick lad at school who was called Jason. Yeah, a nineties uh, epithet for a thick yeah. lad. Or boy band. It's, yeah, I mean it's it's not a great hashtag, is it? Um, but yeah, I mean you've got to say they they got nearly seventy thousand people through the door for Judgment Day. Yes. Uh, which, given that I went to the first one and there was like thirty thousand people there, and it was really depressing. There's nothing worse than the this large year, stadium there was, with nobody in. Oh god, it was awful, especially given the number of people who were sort of never been to a rugby game there before. So the atmosphere was really terrible as well. And but like this year, you know, sixty nine odd thousand or however many it was, fourteen tries scored. It was a you know there are people being negative about it, and I yeah. will come to that later. But um, yeah, I, I think given where Welsh rugby has been in the last couple of years, getting nearly seventy thousand people through the door to a regional game is a huge. I uh, went to I went to I've mentioned this before, but I went to Wales versus New Zealand in the Rugby League World Cup were there one year, and it was you know I wasn't oh, yeah. Tyler impression again, but there was hardly anybody there. But I always remember <laughs> talking about that empty stadium oh. and no atmosphere. There was there was one bloke sat in the next block from me, Northern fella. Who bit like me? Obviously, it wasn't me. But uh, but uh, of course, but he was. Spent, <laughs> the roof was closed, and he spent the entire entirety of the eighty minutes, every ninety seconds, going, "Open the roof! Open <laughs> the roof! Open the roof!" Honestly, imagine that for eighty minutes. Uh, I would probably. Oh, it was, have it was a absolutely unbelievable. It was excruciating, and it was bouncing off every <laughs> single corner of the ground. Oh, of course it was. Horrific. Oh. Anyway, yeah, so so that was... Reese Webb was yep. good. Uh, somebody on tw- The Merchants Inn on Twitter, which is a pub in rugby next to rugby school, apparently, said uh, good was the <laughs> Army versus Navy game. And also, no, I've not seen, seen much of it. An awesome display but... of skill from both teams and edgy seat stuff, they said, which is fair enough. I think it's particularly credit to the Navy because the Army tend to absolutely hammer uh, the Navy every year because obviously yes. the Navy are all on ships and they can get together about once a year to sort themselves out. Yes, it's quite hard to play rugby on... Especially when all your carrier. team are on different aircraft carriers at different parts of the world. It's quite tricky. Whereas, yeah, obviously, the Army so. being the Army, they just go, right, you lads can all go in the same regiment and uh, train together. Yeah. And half of them are Fijian, like Rocco Dagooni was. But, uh, yes, that is another thing. You get a lot more Army boys I went to the Army versus Navy five years ago, and it was a very... Mm. It, 
going back to the Judgment Day thing, actually, it, it was a very interesting rugby atmosphere in that. Yeah. What, it, what it's become, I think, is it's it's become a sort of reunion for X Forces people, and they all just get together yeah. and all wear like regimental shirts and get pissed and great, good for them. But you know, like when Absolutely. you go watch a game normally. About t- everyone's in the seat and about 10 minutes before half time everyone goes and gets drinks then comes back again well this wasn't like mm. that this was like the world's biggest pub people were just walking <laughs> up and down the stairs with trays of booze th- throughout yeah. the entire period I, of the game it was I honestly think that like because there's been a fair few people complaining about that with Judgment Day and they will basically any event where non-rugby people come to the rugby you will get people who go to the rugby every, every week complaining that the people who are there are just there to drink and they don't pay it's any attention. It's the wrong attention. sort of person and, turning up. Well, yeah, and it's like, yeah, I do honestly think there should be like a thing where I, they close the bars between like 10 minutes before and after half time and then like and 10 minutes, like basically there's like a 20 minute gap in the middle yeah. of both halves where the bars are closed and everybody just sits down and fucking watches the game. They did but, used to do that, didn't yeah, they? My, in my memory, they used I to know, do that. I know, but it's, it's it's a revenue thing now, is. isn't it? It's like, uh, but I did go to um, I went to watch some Bundesliga football on a stag do a couple of weeks ago, and that was probably one of the most revelatory experiences as far as drinking in a ground went I've ever seen because basically everything. They only take these like prepaid cards that you buy in the ground and top right. up with cash. So there's no queues at the bar because there's no change or anything. You just go, you have a cup that you take and gets refilled. So you basically go, there's my card, there's my thing. Ten seconds later, you've got a beer and you're on your way and there's no fannying about. And it's kind of like you don't really mind that people are getting up and moving around because everybody is because it's not you've got to go to the bar and wait for half an hour to get a beer and then by the time you've come back you've missed can off you the can you buy game. pies on the card so do they yes, do pies can. in germany well, they didn't I, they did <laughs> i got a uh, bacon and cheese covered uh, pretzel which was that sounds a bit little class to me um i'm not standing for it it was a little bit but i mean i did have a, also have a sausage in a bap so or a versed in a bap i should yeah. say again so they're not proper sausages posh. either <laughs> you know, I'm not having it. Right, yeah, so uh, anything else on a good point of view so, for you? Yes, um, Leone Nakawara, the, um, the big Fijian lock, said that he was leaving Glasgow at the end of the season for France this week uh, and then promptly demonstrated what a massive loss he's going to be for them. For any team um, he left, actually. He's going to sort of say, well, actually, oh, absolutely. So Glasgow because they're not that good or whatever. No, he no, would, he be, would be a serious loss to any team. Yeah, it's like. He is gen like it hasn't been confirmed which French club he's going to yet, but honestly, he could probably take his pick because any team on the planet would happily have him in his ranks. I'm given that he'll be naming his price, um, I think it's fairly obvious where he's going to be ending up. Oh, god, yeah, group of clubs he's actually going to. There's there's a very there's a very short list, isn't there? But um, yeah, he scored a hat trick. You see that pass he did as well from second row. That that's around the head, ten foot. Offload it was, thing. It was... and pe- people talk about his offloading because it's magnificent, but his running doesn't get nearly as much praise. Like, how does a man who's six foot six and seventeen stone glide through space like he does? Is that it's the ridiculous. Like he's got, ri- he is. He's a ridiculous athlete. He's going to the sevens in Rio, and I mean that's almost not fair. Yeah, as if Fiji didn't have enough when of you consider that. <laughs> yeah, Fiji are already the best team in the world at the moment, and they're calling up flipping him as well I mean 
He's yeah. Yeah, he's he's ludicrous. He he glided. He wafted he's, those three tries. He wafted through gaps like he was Shane Williams, and it's just he is comically good. So yeah, so look for him in the uh, blue and white stripes or the red shirt <laughs> of <laughs> Racing Metro, or indeed the red of Toulon next year. Yep. Refusing um, to learn French. Other goods. Yeah. Yes. Other good, yeah. Um, other goods, yeah. Um, Thomas Waldrum didn't score. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I will. Fu- I will fucking take that. Um, saying that, um, Opeti Fanua did score for Leinster, and he's basically the Tonga equivalent. He is, isn't he? Yeah. Girthwise, so uh, maybe the god of podgy rugby players is spreading the love around a little bit. Uh, somebody said uh, good was Jeff Williams for Bath. Bath bites on Twitter. Mm. Who's a bit? Who's a Bath fanzine sort of account? Unbelievable yeah. try and unbelievable. He's hardly had any game time this season. Only five minute cameos. He did look pretty handy, didn't he? Yeah, he did. And when you think how bad Bath have been this season, you wonder why somebody hasn't thought, let's give him a go. I don't think Pace... I mean, well, the option is Matt Banahan. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Matt Banahan, man. <laughs> England, Matt Banahan. Oh. England's Matt Banahan, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, that was quite good. Uh, so, weirdly, yep. Ben Tadman on Twitter said, good. And it depends on where you're mm. looking at this, really. He said, good is London Irish going down. And I think he's a London <laughs> Irish fan. But what he's saying is, he said, this sounds weird, but but I think this could be a good time to rebuild, get the house in order, particularly with the stadium, etc. Yeah, I mean, there is no doubt about it that, like, Irish are currently in a stadium that is not really fit for their purpose because they can barely, like, quarter fill it every week. Yeah. And that's going to get comically bad when they're down in the championship. Um, as somebody who used to go and watch Bristol in the Premiership and then when they got relegated, the championship will tell you. Um, <laughs> it it tends to fall off pretty damn quick. Well, it does in any playing, sport, doesn't it? Yeah, when you're playing Nottingham and Rotherham instead of Leicester and Saracens, it's, uh, yeah, there's just not the... So maybe they do need to find a new home that is more suitable to them going forward. And just, to be honest, this year is quite a good year to get relegated because... I mean, I'm not counting any chickens here, but Bristol looked pretty impressive um, yeah. in their first leg uh, semi-final win yesterday. Uh, and, I mean, it's going to be, what, them or Rotherham? Is it Rotherham or Doncaster in the it's other? Be somebody, yeah, somebody, uh, it's, it's out of Bristol yeah. or Yorkshire team, isn't it? And, uh, uh, yeah, and well, I th- well, that's the thing. Yeah, and, and maybe this is finally... Bristol look a lot more decent than they have in the last couple of years and they I don't think any of the teams are as good as as Worcester were last year or London Welsh the year before. So it's Matthew Morgan staying next season. No, he's off to Cardiff. Oh is he? Oh, um, right. But they they have signed uh Jordan Williams from the Scarlets who's he's pretty also rapid, isn't he? Welsh and yeah. Welsh and rapid, so yeah. Um so yeah, like it's a good time for London Irish. Why to is down nobody in Wales signing they... Jordan Williams? That doesn't make any fucking sense I... at all. I have lost my rap about this quite a little bit. I, I assume that they offered a shitload of money to him. But, yeah, when when you think that the Ospreys currently have one fullback on the books, given that Richard Fossil has been confirmed to be leaving in the summer, um, and Jordan Williams is one of the most exciting talents that Welsh rugby has produced in the last four or five years, um, and has been criminally neglected at the Scarlets, it does make my head. They don't really have enough players to be throwing them away to another nation, effectively, you Im- do they? You would imagine not, but um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you might uh, say uh, that. However, obviously, <laughs> I don't, uh... however, nobody apparently nobody in Wales thinks that Jordan Williams is worth a flyer. I would politely disagree, and then ask them to watch that uh, under twenties World uh, Championship semi final against South Africa a few years ago. Um, so yeah, speaking of the Southwest, uh, Henry Slade returning from injury. Played yeah. very very well. It leaves um, 
it's I was thinking about this this week. It leaves there's a bit of a conundrum happening with England, I think, in terms of the centres because Slade is back yeah. playing thirteen, but arguably to twelve stroke fly half. Tulagi's fit mm. again, and mm. Tulagi's playing twelve. He was always a thirteen before he got injured. He's come back as a twelve. But Farrell's yes, been playing presumably. twelve. Uh, Ford's been playing ten, but Ford's basically look just has got all you know is flaky as shit basically this season. <laughs> basically, um, yes. I mean, arguably, you could push Farrell into ten, Manu at twelve, Slade, Stroke, Slade Joseph, Stroke, Daly at thirteen. Yeah, well, that's yeah. Before you even get Elliot Daly into that equation, it's there is England have an absolute glut of centres at the moment. My theory is that what Jones's plans are, because if you know, Tuolang has been playing twelve for Leicester and he's come off the bench at twelve for England, which he's never played before. Yeah. Now, some yeah. people are saying, "Oh, well." If you play him at 12, that fundamentally changes the game plan. That, and we've said this, the game plan that Jones tends mm. to like, which is a ball playing 12 and a bit of chance to, to expand and stuff. And He, yeah, he yeah. said in January that the 12's job is to get through the line, but obviously there's more there's there's more ways to get through the line than just simply running hard and fast if you're a big lad. Sort yes. of thing. But I think I think for, for Tuolangi, I think English fans, and I think Jones is maybe thinking this, and I'm only guessing this, but my theory is, is that I think you should, we should be looking at something like Mar Nonu. Because actually, Tulagi's twenty-four years old. He's got a lot of time. And if you think about what Nonny was like at twenty-four, he was a massive lump of a player who ran straight and had this kind of sticky hands problem that he couldn't let go of the ball. Yeah. So, given that we've not had a functioning centre partnership for the best part of thirteen years, which we haven't, (laughs) you know, we've been through the fucking Jamie Noon travesties and so on and so on and so on. Uh You know, why would he not sort of say, "Well, actually, it might take two or three years to get this sorted, but I'm going to put somebody that big and actually teach him to use the ball properly, like they did with Nonu." Because it's not like he's a bad player without doing that. You know what I mean? He's not. He's going to. No, exactly. That's the thing. Man who can still get a job done for you while you are getting him to craft his game into a more sort of three-dimensional rounded way but then yeah it does who do you want outside him then I mean ideally you probably want somebody like Slade outside him or or Daly because they've got a bit more of a brain they're more of the Conrad Smith in that equation whereas Joseph isn't that As more sectors across Ireland are reopening the COVID-19 pandemic unemployment payment is changing if you're currently receiving this payment the amount you receive will change from the 16th of November. To find out more about how these changes will affect you, visit gov.ie forward slash PUP changes. A Government of Ireland initiative brought to you by the Department of Social Protection. There's good birthday surprises, like when your friends throw you a party. And bad ones, like realising you're so old you can't blow out all your candles in one go. At Phonewatch, we're celebrating 30 years of protecting Irish homes. And we've got a birthday surprise for you. For a very limited time, get a Phonewatch alarm installed for only €30. Yes, just €30. Offer ends November 30th, so order right away at phonewatch.ie. Monitoring fees apply. He's not, and I think, um, yeah, that's true, actually. And I think a lot of Farrell being there, I think, one, because people forget how physical Farrell is, I think. He could play that oh, Bosch players. He could do that twelve Bosch yeah. as well, and I think he was there to relieve pressure off Ford. But if you've got Farrell at ten, you don't need that relieving pressure kicking twelve because no. because Farrell's quite comfortable and he's mentally kind of tough enough, I think, to deal with that. That's not a problem for him. Yeah, but yeah, the difference you the thing you then lose with Farrell is as much as he has improved his game in that way is that he's not a very natural passer. Certainly, he doesn't take the ball to the line in the same way. Does he? he's got better? No. He doesn't. 
But yeah, I think you're right about that. They'd need that Conrad Smith type player. Mm. So there you go. I'm developing this theory now. I'm probably yep. going to be completely wrong, but that's that's <laughs> which you, you know I I don't believe I would ever be wrong about anything because that's never happened before. Oh god, but, no, uh, of course not. <laughs> um, yeah, sorry. So I, speaking I, of I, England, I, I, yes. I speaking of England and uh, good, um, Sam Underhill. Yes. Not only uh, was he excellent in the game for the Ospreys on the weekend, scored a try, um, you gave an interview to the Evening Post on Sunday, which was quite refreshing. Um, in this age of nationality tourism and playing sort of players like declaring their desire to represent the country on residence view before they even touch down and being all vague and shitty about it, I'm looking at you, Ben Morgan, um, <laughs> <laughs> Underhill just came out and said, yes, he is English, he has always considered himself English, and he only really wants to play Test Rugby for England, and bloody good for him. Um, because yeah, yeah. But what's equally good is that he said that he wants to see out his the last two years of his deal with the Ospreys, despite interest from a host of English clubs. Because um, he likes playing in Wales, he's got a unique course to finish, and he feels loyalty to the Ospreys it's... and the coaches who gave him a chance. And Good so man. when he does go home, I think England are going to get a very impressive player and man. And don't forget, um, he's nineteen. Yeah, he's got exactly. plenty got of time. Bags left. of time. Yeah, plenty of time left. But I think. Um, Yes, that 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 was uh, someone who got into. I mean, this whole, I fucking despise this term, project player, because it's it's one of those horrific euphemisms for something that's far more cynical. It's not a project player. You're bringing him over to just make him a different nationality. Why not call him that? that Enforced renationalisation players, what you should be calling (laughs) it. Yeah. Yeah. So that that that's that that's good. Uh, Somebody said a good about, and this is good. Well, good for me. And good for well, good because I didn't think this could ever happen. I thought it was actually physically impossible for it to happen. Rob Andrew has left the RFU. It's. I was genuinely quite shocked about this because I thought that the only way that he would probably leave would be like feet first. But <laughs> I mean, there is a, a call me a cynic here, but I don't think it's coincidental that he's finally decided to leave when England have finally won a Grand Slam, so he can leave with some semblance of a reputation intact, despite the fact that he has done nothing but be fairly dreadful for England for the last 10 years or however long he did, it's been. He got, he got the row between the union and the, and the, the club sorted out. He I'm did. Giving credit for that, been... But in terms of elite player development, I can't see how he's done anything. And the transition well, exactly. the transition between youth and senior has been not great. Not, not for a long time, yeah. anyway. But I don't know where he's going. Also, he's not said where he's going. Nigel Melville's... And also, go on, let's not forget that England, he did manage to broker peace between the clubs and the RFU, but isn't that deal coming up for renewal quite soon? Yes. And isn't it going to be substantially more unpleasant than it was last time, given the amount of money that the clubs have now got to play with compared to the R- what they had last time? Which it's going to be. I can't work chaos. if he's jumped or been pushed because he was certainly saying there was. He was commenting back in March when this was kind of coming that he wouldn't resign. You know, I'm refusing to resign. Mm. So it, it's all very odd. But he's gone, and Nigel Melville's taking over. And we'll yes. see that. But I mean, a lot of people saying he's not done a great deal. The US rugby either. I think that's slightly unfair. But that's another discussion. I think so. But yeah, like I just think yeah, Andrew, he he's probably been under pressure for some time. I think. Yeah. The people at Twickenham probably understand that he hasn't done a great deal to improve England over the last ten years, and he's been able to go. He's probably only agreed to go now because he can go, saying, "Well, I got you a Grand Slam, didn't I?" And he can go before the whole mess between the RFU and the clubs gets messy for a second. So time, he's managed so. to. Well, he's in a, well, yeah, I think he's obviously a fucking genius, isn't he? 
Because every yeah, well, single the... review of every failure ends up with him either getting promoted or a more interesting sounding <laughs> job. And then basically yeah. they've won a Grand Slam, which I think he had very little to do with. And now he can leave and say, well, I was oh, part God. of the Grand Slam development structure and all that kind exactly. of stuff. Exactly. There was a, a manager that I once worked with used to say that the important thing when you're doing a job was to leave a good looking corpse. <laughs> And uh, and that is basically what Rob Andrews done. <laughs> good man himself. So, yeah, yeah. Indeed. So that that was that. Uh, good. Here's another good for you, right? Very last. Mm. Wasps prop Welsh prop Ed Shervington is retiring <laughs> from rugby <laughs> to become a singer in the yes. West End. Paul number uh, Paul Jeffries ninety nine on Twitter said this is the best story of the year. And to be honest, it's only pointed out I hadn't really heard about what was going on. It's but great. everything, I mean, listen to this. Everything about it is absolutely magnificent. Wasp hooker Ed Shervington is to seek a new career in show business when he retires at the end of the season. <laughs> at the age of 31, the Welsh chicken farmer, who runs a successful yes. family free range egg business in Gwent, is, se- is does, serious yeah. about fulfilling a genuine ambition to tread the boards. I'm sure people will think my Western ambitions are a wind up. You reckon, Ed? Yeah. yeah. But the family farming business is going really well. The time is right to hang up the boots and try a new challenge. So has he actually sung I mean, before? I don't really... He used to play for the Ospreys, <laughs> he and he did have a reputation as being a bit of a character, to say the least. And, yes, his family's eggs are available in Asda Tesco's and all good supermarkets, <laughs> so he's clearly... What company name is it? Would we have heard of them? I can't remember. You, you probably will, actually, because I remember thinking, oh, I've seen Are they eggs. egg shirting? they were him. <laughs> they should be, shouldn't they? Let's be honest. Di Young said um, his sense of humour is sometimes an acquired taste, which basically means he's sometimes a massive tosser, isn't it, basically? Massively so. He's a bit of a dickhead, or occasionally he says things like he wants to go into musical <laughs> theatre and everyone takes him seriously. That's kind of, I wonder if that's what he's getting at. However, I do hope it's happening because. But this is all part of what makes it. rugby a wonderful place because there's very few really other sports, is, isn't, isn't there, where some big. Massive prop who makes who doesn't make <laughs> eggs, sorry, farms animals that make eggs for a living. Then goes, yes, I'm jacking yes. it all in because I fancy going to singing in the West End. Yes, and and everyone goes, yeah, yeah fair enough, good on your head, off on. you go, lad. <laughs> fair dues. Yeah. So there you go. Any more good before we move on to the shit? Uh, just one, and that is El Haguarez. Oh yes, and they they won a fucking game. Um, I mean, yeah, it was against the Kings who make the Sunwolves look impressive, but they scored 70 points. Um, it was great. There was some truly comical defending on display from the Kings some of those tries. Like, watch the highlights to see some of the tackling and defensive positioning. It's like they, they're playing touch with a hangover, basically, <laughs> is awful. Um, but still, when nobody bothers to tackle them um, and just lets them offload for every single time, the Jaguars are so much fun They to are watch. great fun, aren't they? In a beautiful, beautiful kit. What more do you want? Yes, it's perfect. Oh, speaking of kit, what do you make Mm. of the Great Britain uh, offering from Stella McCartney, rugby shirt-wise? See, nobody said that it was never going to be classy and conventional with Stella McCartney involved. The last effort was great. The Great Britain one was really good, I thought. I I think that all of the other stuff is better than the rugby shirt. True, yeah. But, when it's on a smaller um, canvas, it seems, it looks a little bit better. Yeah, I, I I'm not entirely. I have I've only seen like two pictures of it, so I'm kind of waiting to see what it looks like up close any, before I make my final decision. An important man of you, like yourself, will you be being sent some proper like pictures to promote by Adidas? I hope so. Uh, yeah, Adidas. <laughs> Let the word go up. forth um, from here. If you're listening, if you're yes, listening, Adidas, I'm sure you will be. Yeah. Yeah, obviously they are. Um, yeah, no, I, I wait until the press picks are properly available, um, or I've seen it up close, or both. But I, I mean, I don't hate it. I like the blue, uh, red one more than the blue one. I think. Okay. 
but yeah. Uh, any shit for you? Yes, uh, Bath's discipline. We've mentioned Chris Cook's lack of chill on the podcast before, but um, he was at it again against Saints. <laughs> he's, he's a good player. Oh, that's he's that's genuinely what makes a good him player. More of a fucking knob, though. I know, but like he's just <laughs> his temper. It needs to a little bit of work. Let's face it. Um, the yellow card that he was just stupid and hugely costly in a tight game. But it is such a familiar tale for Bath. I mean, time and again this season, poor discipline has hampered them. And you've got to wonder what kind of ship Mike Ford is running there that nobody has kind of got hold of this and said, boys, let's just fucking... Is he keeping his job, down do Well, apparently he is. I mean, which so shocks far me a little is, bit. Yeah, I mean, there was talk that he's being given... The, the rumour is that he's going to get another season. So, I think he's yeah, probably earned I mean, that really, and it's that thing. Yeah, it's that I mean, careful did, what you wish. Finish second last. It's that careful what you wish for last thing, year. isn't it? Yeah. I mean, unless you've got a very obvious alternative, who's going to definitely be a bit better. Usually, yeah, people don't. Usually, consistency is the way to go, unless somebody's been completely awful. And it's not been that well, exactly. Yeah, awful. and there's certain things like Chris that scrum half being a tit, which has probably lost them two games in many ways. Uh, that he yeah. can't control, can he? He can't do a thing. About no, that. and. Yeah, you're not going out there and telling your players to completely lose their fucking shit, are they? <laughs> no. You know, it's, it, that's not part of the game plan, and it, it's yeah. Okay. Obviously, the buck stops with him, but yeah. Um, others, Stade Francais, um, lost to Bordeaux on the weekend, and they're now just eleven points ahead of Oyonnax, who are in thirteenth in the uh, top fourteen, and they play each other next week. So, um, Jesus, looking at the running, there's a genuine chance that Stad if they don't buck their ideas up, they could well get relegated this year if, if Oyana can pick up a win or two and if they lose against them next week. And they are the reigning champions and they could quite conceivably Those fucking get fancy kits are going to look really stupid when they're going to play against Dax well, in the winter, exactly. aren't they? <laughs> yeah, it's like, Christ, I know the wheels have not... They've never really been on this season, but let's not forget, they were in a Champions Cup semi-final a couple of weeks ago. And Isn't Piri Weepu yeah. playing in the third tier of French rugby now? Something Somebody like said that. something yeah, like that's... that to me the other week, which is incredible, really. Where do you go from London Welsh? And the answer is to the, the third. Well, he was. I think he was playing in the top fourteen. He had a massive bust up with his coach, and then just. I think he's basically playing for boot money I now. I bet he's fucking ploughing the through the foie gras wherever he is. Oh, good God! Yes, love sir. Him and Ricky January should never go to France because the food is just too rich. Yeah, comfy everything. I want, co- I want everything comfy. Bathe me in comfy. In fact, yeah. Anything else, there, Josh? Uh, yeah, uh, we touched on it earlier, but moaners in Welsh rugby. Like, I have seen almost nothing but people bitching on Twitter about how shit Judgment Day was when. Nearly seventy thousand people attended a regional game. Like that's that's a they, it was the two games were good. Mm. There was fourteen tries scored with a host of international on show, and like, yeah, it just like it's beholden to the people who attend regional games every week. They're saying, oh, the atmosphere's shit. Well, you create an atmosphere that you can buy into. You know, you sing, you chant, you do. You know, if yeah. you don't like the way that people are constantly drinking all the time, then fucking. Like, yeah. just... if you sang we wouldn't have to get that stupid fucking kids choir in for a start <laughs> well, exactly it's like I'm sure that the organisers made some mistakes because it's rare that you try to sort this thing out and it doesn't piss off some fans for some reason but like seriously 60 odd thousand to a regional game is a record well, for the Pro 12 and a record for Welsh rugby in general living in Wales and as an Englishman looking in it's 
Wales rugby seems to suffer. You know, like music has that true fandom problem. Like, oh, you know, I don't oh, like that yeah, band anymore yeah. since they've sold more than 27 records. I liked them when they were playing, yep. like, stuff you, that was just basically like a noise of people throwing nails down the stairs in a bin or something. Or, you know, like, yeah. oh, I used to like them, I don't like them now. now other people like them. There seems yeah. to be this entire sort of rump of people in Wales who weirdly want, want, want more people to, to turn popular. up and are forever having to go at the but valleys for yeah. having these, like, crazy ideas they can fill a stadium. And yet, when people do turn up, moan because they're not the right yeah. type of people turning up. You can't have it both ways. Yeah, can you? and I that I hate that so much. It's like, yeah, nobody really wants to attend a sporting event where lots of people are just there to get absolutely smashed and have no interest in the game whatsoever. However, you kind of have to roll the dice and take a risk that you are going to get some of those to people come back as well. They might to, come back, and, and and also, yeah, they might come back and they might, you know. Or and just the was, people who aren't there who are just there to get smashed. The money, you, you worry about the money as well. from J Div split. Um, we were talking. I was talking about this earlier. I'm not sure. I think it's sort of roughly equal, but because they're technically home games Everyone. for um, the Blues oh, and the, it's, it's Blues and Dragons give up a home game basically to do it. So they might get a slightly so, bigger cut, but but everybody I gets think they get a bigger cut. <clears throat> yeah, and nobody's yeah. Who's getting sixty thousand through the door? Every, at any point in the season, you know. Well, if you, even if you divide blues, that seventy thousand by four, who's getting fifteen thousand to the door? Yeah, exactly. The but you know the closest the Ospreys ever get to selling out the, the Liberty Stadium, which is twenty thousand capacity, is when the Scarlets come. And you can't count the and, choir. You know, don't be counting the choir. And you can't count. No, the choir doesn't. And yes, okay, these people only paid a tenner, but it's like we're desperately trying to engage people with a a, a format of rugby that has just been basically shat on since the moment that it was created and everyone has been so negative about it for so long and like it's never going to get better if people don't get on board with it and instead you've got the people who are already invested on it going don't want them so a few people on my twitter timeline have already sort of not actually i've been getting mostly positive stuff on the timeline Uh, for example dave garrick said that you know uh, get a record crowd for pro 12 rugby on saturday yeah. And so on and so forth. So, what do you think out there? At Blood and Mud, let us know. Do you, are you sick of these kind of Johnny Come Lately people, or you think you are all embracing of the whatever? Welcome all into the rugby <laughs> family, as it were. Let us know. Indeed. Anything else on shit, Josh? Um, I don't really want to rub it in, but London Irish. I mean, I, we did say it, they put up a real fight on Sat on Sunday, but it was just the same old problems. They were just conceding soft tries. They. They did really well to get back in it, and then they pissed it all away later on because they lacked composure. And yeah, it's it's a bad moment for the club. But like we were saying earlier, the only way that they can really deal with it now is to try and turn it around and be positive with it. Well, they've got nothing else to do, have they? Lock on the bright well, side. Exactly. It's a development area, as they say in one to ones in the corporate world. Uh, before mm. we finish on shit, then let's revisit our the as you mentioned earlier, you alluded to earlier the the uh, hashtag zebra shit watch. And the Cuthbert Police on Cup. Now, I am mindful that there are people who may have started listening to this pod uh, more recently than perhaps others, and might have tuned in, going, "What on earth are you talking about when you mention when you mention <laughs> this thing?" So let me just explain. I'll try my point. best to explain what this is all mm. about. Mm. I started some time back because Treviso had not won a game for nearly a year. We we did hashtag yes. Treviso shitwatch. We were trying to count how long. Uh, the number of days since uh, Treviso had won a game, and then, then out yes. of nowhere, Treviso basically managed they, to win. They fucking won against, a game. Was it Ulster? No, Cardiff. 
Thank uh, you. It's yeah. Cardiff. So yes. what we then said was, we'll tell you what, whoever sort of, it was Treviso's shit watch, then Cardiff beat them, so then it became Cardiff shit watch. And we pass it on, yeah. we pass it's it basically on. basically like the Ranfurry Shield yeah. in the MPC. If you lose to the team currently in the yeah. position of the shit watch title, you then take yeah. it on. And it's called such a time as someone the Cuthbert Police on Cup, which one of our readers, uh, one of our listeners named it because of obviously the terribleness of Cuthbert and Jules Police on. So it's called the Cuthbert Police on mm-hmm. Cup. So basically, whoever's in the kind of shit watch chair is the owner of the Cuthbert Police on Cup. It's the only cup you really don't want to win. You and really at the minute, Zebra have it like because it. they've not won for quite some yes. time, and they have been an absolutely wonderful, you. beautiful exponent of what this is all about. They, they, but yes, go on. How long they, they certainly have. For? They are at the fifth. They are at the fifty-eight day mark uh, in Zebra's tenure as holders of the Custom Police on Cup, um, a run that comprises six defeats on the bounce, and um, they perhaps reached a new low at the weekend with them losing seventy points to ten. To Before Glasgow. they scored that try, they've um, gone three hundred and twenty-four minutes without scoring an away point. I mean that is historic it's, levels of shit, isn't it? Yeah, I mean they did so. Yeah, like you said, they did score two tries this week. But let's put this in some wider context. Seventy points is the most conceded by any team in the Pro Twelve this season, and the next highest was way back in week one of the season, where Cardiff hung sixty on you guessed it, Zebra. Um, <laughs> they bookended their season nicely. <laughs> they have beautifully, haven't they? Um, so in this six game streak of shit watching for me they've conceded 268 points um, <laughs> scored 41 which I'm just going to say that's bad <laughs> even that yeah. to be honest and um, it is just when you think it couldn't get any worse I mean they basically Glasgow defended appallingly for, for really Treviso's badly. first try in particular yeah. and it was almost oh. like Zebra went hey we can't have them showing us how badly no, things are we've got to do we, much worse we need job to show defending. this is what we're here to do and the yeah. defend it was basically they might as well have all been on their phones no <laughs> for there was that the moment where, where uh, Duncan Weir's try where it was just so easy that I, I think it was um, Mark Bennett was literally underneath the post standing underneath the post and just handed him the ball to score like it's just like they're having some horrendous training match yeah and uh, yeah I it mean, was like they were all checking I'll... Facebook basically for about yeah, six, for course. about 60 minutes get off but your of course, bloody phone oh fuck off but of course all this will be erased if they can pull out a week a win against the Dragons next week and we finally and sent the men a bet, went back home with the Cusper Police on Cup I mean Truly, yeah. that is the, the the highlight of the rugby calendar next. So weekend. we have reached that point where we 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 predicted this a long way out, didn't we? We said this. Well, you did actually. You said this is going to come from the moment that they. Yeah. As soon as Zebra got it, you thought they're not going to win a single game now until they play Dragons on the last game of the season. Yeah. So it all comes down to next weekend. It's a winner, yeah. winner take all. No, actually, no. Winner doesn't take all because yeah. the winner doesn't take the Cuthbert Police on Cup. So basically, yes. you desperately want to win so you don't get a trophy next weekend. Mm. Because yeah. whoever loses next weekend spends the entire summer with the Cuthbert Police on Cup to their name. Yeah, festering on their mantelpiece. Festering on their mantelpiece like a <laughs> massive giant goblet full of regret and shame. <laughs> exactly that. So yeah, so that's every shit watcher. There you go. Mm. It, it goes on. The big one is next weekend. Now, indeed, Martin Castagiovanni this week, as we mentioned, yes. moving on, uh, has done a bit of a... a, of a of what you might call a Jack the Lad type thing. Yeah. So you, Josh, came up with a, with a bit of a feature. Yeah, you might have guessed that we both ever so slightly were delighted by this Castro Vegas story this week because we've got not one but two segments based on it. <laughs> um, and the one that I've clunkily titled uh, Jack the Lad or That's Just Sad. Um, this feature came from the tedious but inevitable reaction of the sports press to Castro's indiscretion, namely tutting and hand-wringing about how un- 
hideously unprofessional he was, which is, of course, in complete contrast to everybody else who thought he was heroically stupid and wonderful. Um, so, it is the greatest uh, photo. One of the greatest I mean, it's pictures. So good, isn't it? Because he looks seen. like he looks like the guy from the Hangover. Alan from the Hangover. Yeah. Yes, I mean, it's just wonderful. And that's the thing. Like when a rugby star does something you shouldn't, the media inevitably piously condemns it. But should they? Sometimes it is sad and pathetic, and sometimes it's just young men being stupid and harmless and amusing. Not and the Castro is that a young man. You can't. You can't escape the fact that it's a massive culture of the game is cocking about. <laughs> After exactly games, on tour and doing stupid things. Now, whether you like yeah. that or not, I personally love it. It's one of the main yeah, reasons why I love brilliant. playing I love the it. game. Exactly, that's what it's all about. So, in terms of Jack the Lad or that's just sad, we're trying to look at different examples of things like this that have happened and decide whether or not we like it, Jack the Lad, yeah. or we don't like it. It was a bit silly. Christ, that's sad. Yes. Um, so, first up, Lee, I'm going to take you back to 2011, right, and the moment where. Uh, in the wake of England's World Cup fiasco, uh, Manu Tuolagi decided to sum up the whole thing by stripping down to his pants and jumping off a ferry into Auckland Harbour. All remember that one? I do. Uh, he was detained by the police and fined, and then Martin Johnson called it an irresponsible thing to do. What do you think? Um, I think that that was just sad. Really? Yes, because um, in the context that it was in, mm. he was young, it had been a fairly embarrassingly... Well, it wasn't really, but it was just mediocre that World Cup. Yeah, and along aligned with the dwarf tossing, of course, which we're not oh, going to cover this week. Um, where the manager of the bar said the lads were all right, you know, they didn't toss any of the dwarves. <laughs> well, that's so, the most important. But thing, just yeah. you know, the fact that that was even in the sentence tells you that's a bad idea. But I think it was mm. actually quite sad for Tulane because he was the start of his career. He just started coming in. It had been off the back of a terrible World Cup, and yeah. um, it wasn't even that entertaining. There were no photos. No, that's true. There was only a photo of him getting. Uh, Shouted out by the police afterwards, which yeah, yeah. which is actually okay, quite so, funny. But yeah, I still which is was, I mean, I enjoyed his stripey boxer shorts. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so okay, we'll just say that's that's a bit sad. Uh, next up, we have um, Curtly Beale and James O'Connor. Um, there were many incidents of this I could have picked. By the way, um, now but, you'd like um, to go to when, Vegas with them, wouldn't you? Good lord, I don't think I would actually. <laughs> that would be messy. Um, but there was the time that James O'Connor and Curtly Beale uh, on the Lions tour, uh, they. They got snapped outside a Melbourne burger cho- joint called Hungry Jacks at uh, 3:50 a.m. two days before the second Lions test. Now, uh, interestingly, the ARU decided that they weren't doing anything wrong, um, as they said that they hadn't been drinking uh, and had been at post-match function following the Rebels game with the uh, Lions Dirt Tracker team. So uh, it was fine. But leaving so that, just... how could they? Po- that's Curtly Beale and James O'Connor. How was hmm. it possibly de- believed that they weren't drinking? Apparently there were numerous eyewitness accounts who definitely weren't all Australian and were therefore invested in them not getting suspended for the second test. But how often in your life have you thought you've been stone cold sober and you've thought, you know what, I really want a greasy burger at four o'clock in the morning. Yeah, let's leave my hotel room. Yeah, and and I, I just really want that horrible, hideous takeaway at four o'clock There's in the morning. There's nothing on the pay for you. Even no, the adult but, stuff's crap. I'm yeah, going to go and I'm get myself gonna, a kebab. Yeah, at four o'clock in the morning when I am stone cold sober. Yeah, I think we've all... Now, I yeah. think that's... What makes that Jack the Lad for me was the massively hard-faced way in which they quite clearly got away with it. Yeah, I, I, I'm completely in with Jack the Lad there. They are. And also just because the entirety of the Australian public surrounding them 
who obviously must have dobbed them in in some way. But yes. then, when when approached by the ARU to be witnesses of such thing, we're like, "What? Well, I'm drinking? No, no, way. no not, not at all, chance. not at all." And yes, that is mildly brilliant. Um, next up, um, it wouldn't be a rugby player misdemeanor column without a mention of your friend and mine, Gavin Henson. Yes. Um, again, I had quite a lot of incidents to pick from here, but um, <laughs> I've chosen one of Gav's finest hours. Namely, when he was arrested by British Transport Police um, because him and his mates behaved so unpleasantly on a train from London to Cardiff that one rather pearl-clutching passenger described it as two hours of hell. Um, I mean, they were clearly being hideously drunken dickheads and Gav compounded it by not only being an obnoxious drunk shit stick, but apparently by breaking his hand, punching his mate in the face as a drinking game forfeit. So, uh, Well, you see, the thing is for me, chinnies is an integral part of the rugby culture. Well, punching exactly. each other in a pointless way is an integral part mm. of the game so breaking his it's quite sad that he broke his hand because that's not the plan no did he but didn't he did he was he allegedly pissed on the seat as well didn't he somebody in his group there was talk of swearing shouting abuse at other passengers um and then somebody pissing on the carriage floor um and then they were arrested uh, uh, when they got into Cardiff the best part about this for me though is that um the reason that he was in london is that the Osprey had played harlequins uh, in the lv cup the day before um gav had been excellent and the Osprey's management decided that because some of gav's mates were uh, had come up to london to watch the game with him that um rather than go home with the rest of the team they said no gav don't worry about it you and your mates you make your own way back and uh, this was the 7.15pm uh, train from London Paddington to Cardiff. <laughs> so they were clearly having a fantastic They've obviously, when day. I was, my, my rugby club, when I played down in Cardiff, used to, and I imagine other people do this as well, but my rugby club had a thing called a power hour, where everyone mm. had to chuck 20 quid in, and it had to be gone within the hour in terms of drinking. Yes. So they've yes. gone quite, I think they've probably gone through quite a few of those, power, uh, uh, at least two power hours yes. there to get to Apparently that stage they, by quarter past seven. The odour of vomit and uh, uh, booze was apparently rather strong. So, uh, yeah. So, jack lads or, or, or a bit sad? Um, I'm going sad on that one. I think because yeah. actually, one, it's not even that amusing. Apart no, from the fact not. that he broke his hand. It's just... it's it, just, yeah. And we've all been that person on a train yeah. when there's just a He's massive let... collection. In fact, I've probably been that person on the train, I have to admit. However, bit, we've yeah. also been that person on the train when you sat there with these obnoxious twats basically being oh, massively in their so, mind yeah. the most amusing people there's ever been since mm. you know an Abbott and Costello and Laurel and Hardy double bill <laughs> when actually what, something for the kids there but uh, there was yep. <laughs> but actually it's the most miserable experience of your entire life yeah so and I think that's actually think, quite sad yeah um, I've got two more then um, fine the last but one the notorious 2009 Bath end of season party that ended up with three players banned for drug use another retired before he could be banned and a general massive stink uh, around the whole club that ended up with a change of ownership If uh, that's Jack the lad all over that is oh god yeah um, so yeah they, they ended up brawling with Quinn's players uh, in the pitcher and piano in London um, Rob Hawkins got so spangled that he had to go to hospital <laughs> Um, and to cap it all off, months after Matt Stevens got banned for his use of Colombian marching powder, six Bath players were alleged to have taken a load of coke. Um, it, isn't that when and, they all en masse went to Melbourne Rebels rather than get tested? Uh, certainly Michael Lippman ended up. Uh, basically, Justin Harrison six, went, didn't he? Six of them were piss tested. Um, Hawkins and Ed Jackson both took the test and passed. Um, Justin Harrison retired and then admitted <laughs> that he had taken coke. Um, and Michael Lippman. We need you to win this cup. I retire immediately. <laughs> 
and then he admitted it. He might as well, yeah. Um, and then um, Michael Lipman, Alex Crockett, and Andrew Higgins um, all refused to be tested, um, and then were banned nine months each uh, anyway. So <laughs> for refusing, I mean, yeah. yes. Well, so if you refuse, it means you're absolutely chopped. Oh, absolutely, it, yeah. You were banged to rights. So it's like the cyclists who get all affronted when they talk about DNA testing. I don't want to be treated yeah. like a criminal. It's like you're so fucking full <laughs> of EPO and God knows what else that basically, yeah. Exactly, and so yeah, uh, I, 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 think, I think that's Jack the Lad because that's just brilliant. I think he's massively Jack the Lad just because it was so spectacularly stupid on everyone's part, and just getting into brawl with the players of another team is just delightfully old school it and is stupid. Wonderful. And we couldn't really tie this feature off without mentioning the man, the legend, Andy Powell. Oh, um, yes. I mean, do I even... Being arrested at 6am the morning after Wales's historic win over Scotland in 2010 near Junction 33 on the M4, riding a golf buggy that he borrowed from the Vale of Glamorgan Hotel why, down the hard shoulder. Why did he borrow it, Josh? Do you remember the excuse he uses to why uh, the, he I believe, I believe he was trying to get to Burger King at Cardiff Gate Services. <laughs> so, uh, oh, the other, the other line was, was he the, wanted the, a bacon sandwich from the services. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, you know, we thought, when do you get the munchies? I mean, yeah, he was in the right neck of the woods. Junction 33, Cardiff Gate is right there. But, yeah, don't know. And as I said, he was he was, he was was banned from driving after admitting Yes, because he was that. absolutely battered, obviously. Yeah, but he was banned from driving like cars and everything, which seemed a little bit yeah. unfair to me, to be honest, because he was driving <laughs> basically like a dodgem. So that's... Yeah. I mean, yes, he was driving it down the side of the M4, but... Um, I don't think we need to talk about this. It's arguably one of the ultimate Jack the Lad rugby stories ever. Yeah. Even though drinking and driving is not big or not clever. Again, he was driving. I mean, a he's not going to kill buggy. anybody in a golf buggy. The only, he yeah, might the have only person he was that, danger you know, to is himself. Yeah, exactly. It is a magnificent yeah. Jack the Lad. It is something we've all done. You see, the thing is, when you relate that back to the James O'Connor and Curtly Beale story, you see, you can understand mm. why he tried to go and get a. Why Andy tried to get a, some food well, that exactly. time because he was pissed. So the idea yes. that they were going out at four o'clock in the morning, stone cold sober, to get the same kind of food, you know, it doesn't sorry, really add it up. Doesn't does it doesn't really no. pass muster, I'm afraid. <laughs> right then, we will uh, draw things to a close. I think Indeed. on that point. Uh, uh, no, actually, I'll make one last point. Uh, Gwyn Jones, mm. Doctor Gwyn, has come out this week, legendary Welsh player, saying that mm-hmm. Newport Gwent Dragons should become a development team in Welsh rugby says former Wales captain Gwyn Jones. Now, he says a lot of sensible things, Gwyn. I've got a lot of time for Gwyn. He does. Recently, and it's, he's not the first person to suggest that Wales arguably does need a region in the mould of Connacht that's job is basically there to, to Get shot all talent. over by everybody else. Well, yeah, but look at what... I mean, obviously, look at Connacht this season. They are not really... Even though they get less money and they get less attention and all that sort of stuff than the other three... Irish teams, they are absolutely punching above their white weight and bucket the trend this season. So I think it was do a disservice to the Dragons to just say, you know what, your job is to play young players and make them good enough so that they can go and play for the Ospreys or Cardiff or Scarlets. I think it, Especially yeah. given the history of rugby in Newport. That's exactly what I was going to but, say. I mean, Connacht's a very different. I can understand it practically, but culture, it's a serious problem because yeah, Con- you know, the West of Ireland rugby is getting better, but it's still a nothing over there compared to. GAA and to compare yeah. to hurling and, and all that kind of stuff. So Connacht really, you know, the people of Connacht aren't going to be that arsed, generally speaking. I mean, they are to an no, extent, but not. if you said something like Newport, you're a second class citizen now. They're going to go yeah, absolutely barmy. That's the thing. It's it was ever thus as far as Connacht is concerned um, yeah. in the modern era. Whereas the Dragons, you know, they 
rich history and all that. Yeah, they don't feel that way, and <laughs> yeah. I think and regardless if, of the rea- regardless, regardless of the reality, the a total yeah, well, exactly. pig-headed unwillingness to look facts in the face is a very powerful thing <laughs> in Welsh rugby, as, exactly. as, as we've all known for many years. Many, many years now. I just think, yeah, if they want to have a development region, they should just do it with North Wales or something like that. Which it kind of is becoming anyway, because you're getting a few yeah, of the exactly. 20s uh, squad places taken up by yeah, the RGC like uh, Welsh team, so yeah. North Wales. Anyway, uh, that's that. We're leaving mm. that. We're going to finish as we always do with the loop, the world's first and only uh, non-stop and never-ending rugby-related playlist. Um, and this Absolutely. week, we've taken a trip up to the northwest with a team who, with a team, a band <laughs> often referred to as a Liverpool band, but they're not from Liverpool. They're from Hoylake, which is on the Wirral. That's my little bit of wow. pedanticness there, just to, just to point that out. <laughs> it's a, it's a song "Pass It On" by the Coral, which is very nice, sort of country feel to it. I hope you enjoy it. And uh, thank you very much, Josh. And we will see you. Always a pleasure. And we'll see you next week. Take, Take care, care, everyone. Every day I recognize what's deceased and what's alive. I don't repeat what I just said. Until gold is turned to lead Then all the tales will be told Whilst you and I are in the cold But don't think this is the end Cause it's just become my friend When it's done And all this is gone Just find a feeling pass it on For every tear cried in shame There'll be someone else to blame And every crime that I commit There'll be a punishment to fit But I'd accept what's coming round If I could only lose this sound That's been ringing in my ears And tormenting me for years When it's done And all this is gone As more sectors across Ireland are reopening, the COVID-19 pandemic unemployment payment is changing. If you're currently receiving this payment, the amount you receive will change from the 16th of November. To find out more about how these changes will affect you, visit gov.ie forward slash PUP changes. A Government of Ireland initiative brought to you by the Department of Social Protection. Sports Social Podcast Network. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.